Hey friends, welcome back to the podcast. Bienvenidos a Spooktober. Um, I am recording this and it is now October. Um, I'm going to be honest, guys, I've had an interesting day, but I have my little creature comforts that have been comforting me. I have a warm tea currently resting on my belly and I have a candle that is on right now. Also, shout out to Noted Candles. They are a Boston-based candles brand and they do like non-toxic soy candles. And um, I found them like a couple years ago when I was living in Boston and I'm obsessed with their scents, especially their Christmas scents. They have really good like Fraser fur, evergreen, Yeah, really yummy scents. Um, It is also Hispanic Heritage Month. For my listeners who have been listening since season one, um, you guys know that I am Latina. And I also wanted to just preface, preface, preface. (laughs) See, it's one of those days. Preface this episode by just reminding everyone about Palma's origins and a lot of the messaging around why this podcast exists. Um, I started it as a way to elevate Latin voices, especially within the climate space um, and specifically Latin female voices. So I really wanted this podcast to sit at the intersection of those things. And I am so excited today to be introducing Veggie Mijas. Um, This conversation sort of follows what it means to be Latin um, and be somebody who also just enjoys Latin culture and be vegan or vegetarian and try and follow a more plant-based diet. I think I had mentioned this in one of my previous episodes, but this topic is super interesting to me because I love carne, which in Spanish is meat. Um, it's so important to our culture. I feel like meat is in so many of my favorite dishes from arroz con pollo to empanadas and croquetas. And I, I know I'm not being specific to one Latin heritage right now. I think pretty much all of the cuisines from all of Central and South America feature some sort of protein. And I really wanted to use this month, this Latin Heritage Month, to dive into this topic of Latinidad and plant-based diets and being more eco-friendly. So again, on the podcast today is Veggie Mijas. They are an organization um, basically centering women of color and non-binary folks of color And they essentially highlight the importance of having a plant-based lifestyle while acknowledging the intersection of race, gender identity, class, and sexuality, um, and what it means to be brown, Latinx, non-binary, women, queer, genderqueer, and also coming from a working class. So the founder, Amy, uh, I think it's Kizich, I might be saying that wrong. Um, She is the founder and CEO, 
And there are different chapters you can join, which I think is super interesting. So there's an NYC chapter, a DC chapter, and an LA chapter. So if you are based in any of these places, as well as their other locations, I highly recommend to look up their chapter Instagram or just go on their website and see what's happening. Um, Again, this conversation kind of follows getting excited about Latin Heritage Month, how you can get involved and celebrate, um, what exactly the organization does within each chapter and what it means to engage in different local communities. Um, So without further ado, bienvenidos. Thank you for being here. Muchísimas gracias. Thank you to the Veggie Mijas team for welcoming me and allowing me to participate and learn from the people in their community. And yeah, thanks for listening. How are you guys today? I'm good. How are you? Glad to be in the AC. <laughs> yeah. Just kind of wanted to start off with introductions. Hey, I guess I'll start. Um, I'm the creative director of Jimmy House. I've been with the collective for like a year or two now. Um, I started off with as a New York City organizer because I'm based in New York City. Um, and now I run the social accounts, the website, other stuff yeah i can go next um so i'm siani colon i am the one of the co-organizers for the philly chapter of veggie mijas and i originally joined veggie mijas um back in 2019 and recently got elevated to a chapter organizer earlier this year and in addition to the organizing role, I also help out with the collective's book club, um, just helping to edit and design our newsletter. Hi, um, I'm Daniela Torres. I am one of the organizers for the Chicago chapter. Um, I help manage the social media page that we open for our Instagram, as well as like organizing our social events for the chapter. But yeah, I joined around, um, I believe it was May 2022, actually the launch of our community fridge. Um, and yeah, it's been a great experience so far. Yeah, I think this worked out really perfectly because it's now Hispanic Heritage Month, which is great. Um, I just kind of wanted to kick off like the conversation on what you guys, not only as an organization, but on a personal level are excited about this month. Yeah, I guess on a personal level, um, you know, living in Chicago, there's so many um, events being coordinated. I actually went to one last weekend that it was um, a Latinx Heritage Month um, that was collaborated with Lululemon. And one of our organizers, Karina Sanchez, um, she is uh, a runner and also an organizer for a chapter. And she participated in sharing her poetry and other other folks shared their um, photos, others like share their artwork and just kind of highlighting, um, you know, being first generation and like the complexity of like identity, as well as like family boundaries and just um, just all that goes into that. And so, yeah, it was a great experience. And I feel like, yeah, there's just so many events that are happening in Chicago. Like we have the de los Muertos running um, running marathon. And um, I guess for a Chicago chapter right now, we're just collaborating and um, giving away produce giveaways. And uh, we also are supplying vegan recipes, but 
recipes that are like close to our heritage and close to our culture. So um, I think that's one of the ways we're trying to celebrate that. Yeah, for us in Philly, it's definitely already been kind of a busy month to kick things off. Just on September 10th, we participated in La Feria de Barrio, and it's an annual event. This was actually their 39th year that closes off a few blocks in what is really um, a predominantly Puerto Rican and Latino um, community in that section of Philly and just, you know, celebrating the different cultures, um, having a bunch of street vendors, live music. Um, So we had tabled there. It was our very first time tabling there. And that had been a really great experience to meet everyone and help get the word out of who we are and what we do and being a resource in our own community. And it's just, I love tabling. So that had been really great to just be fully part of the community that day. And we, the other things that happen in Philly this Sunday is actually going to be the annual Puerto Rican day parade. I will not be going in person this year, but I will be watching from the comfort of my couch as my annual tradition. It's definitely not as big as New York's, but you know, it's, it's small and sweet. Um, and it's, I've, you know, participated directly in a parade um, a few times in the past. So it's always, you know, a really great experience to really take over in the streets to share the culture. But as for Veggie Mijas, we are doing a clothing swap this Saturday. So this is what I mean when this month has been a little bit packed. So we're coordinating with um, the Kensington Corridor Trust, which is another local organization here to facilitate the swap as well as um, giving away fresh produce to the community as well, and also share the children's book that we released. So there's a few things happening at that event. Uh, uh, there's going to be a vegan um, power market. I know it's not the exact title, but it's a event that's really um, holding space for vegans of color that is happening in the area. So there's a few things happening. Um, once we transition to October, it'll be kind of be a slowdown period as we kind of reassess what we want to do for fall. But that's kind of what has been on deck for the chapter in terms of events. And, you know, Philly is definitely having a bunch of different events coming up through the month. Um, There's a few um, Latinx uh, literacy events that are happening. So we definitely love to get on that as well. That's awesome. There's like so much. And I agree. September is such a busy month. I'm based here in New York and it's climate week and there's so many events happening. I don't know if any of you guys are participating in that, but that's a really great segue into engaging with local communities. And I know that that's kind of like where we were rooting the conversation. So I definitely just wanted to dive into that. Like, how does Veggie Mijas engage in different local communities? Obviously, the organization is chapter based. And I think just for my listeners as well, like, do you have to be vegan or vegetarian to join? Um, yeah, so for Veggie Mijas Chicago chapter, um, as I mentioned, we recently opened a plant-based fridge in a community called La Vellita. So it's in the South Side, predominantly like Mexican, Latinx heritage. And yeah, I guess our way of like engaging with them is when we give have our produce giveaways, it's a great way to connect with neighbors, folks coming around, um, as well as when it comes to 
um, in person, like spreading awareness of the event um, because we don't really promote it on social media. We're trying to get, you know, folks from the community there. So we're giving away, walking through the area and that's how like we also engage. So they learn about the community fridge, learn about plant-based food because that's the focus. Like, oh, we have a community fridge that's strictly plant-based food. Um, and of course, there's folks that donate food that aren't plant-based and it's, you know, a learning um, situation. But um, as far as, you know, folks that are interested in joining the collective, uh, we make it very clear, like, you do not have to be vegan. You're not, not even vegetarian. Just like, you know, I guess eager and open-minded and respectful of that perspective. Um, and likewise, like, we're not going to say anything to make anyone feel bad if they're not vegan or vegetarian. It's, it's a learning experience. And that's how I took it when I went vegan and even the other organizers. So, you know, we just don't see as black and white. Um, we're just trying to be very, um, you know, open, um, open to everyone to join. Like, I'm just thinking about my own personal experience. Like my background is like Nika, Nika Winston. And I feel like when I've had these conversations with family members or just like, honestly, people in my community, there's a lot of pushback of like, how can you make certain recipes like vegan or vegetarian when meat is such an important part of our culture and like even on a personal level i've struggled with it with it as well um in terms of the organization how do you guys deal with pushback from the community if that happens um or like deal with those conversations conversations in general yeah sure um yeah that's definitely a common pushback i mean i experienced it with my own family and friends it's just i think just um you just they just don't know about it yet and so for i guess folks our community you know like talking about talking about nopales talking about papas talking about frijoles like those are foods that are commonly in our dish and yeah it's not with i guess a piece of steak where that's like the main star like oh it doesn't have that it's missing something but i guess i explained to them as long as you have like the seasoning seasoning is like the most key part you could have the meat and anything else but if you don't have seasoning it's not worth eating. Um, so I focus on that. And then just, you know, we, that's why we do share recipes that we consider that what like communities would be familiar with, as well as, you know, putting that in the fridge too. We get, um, we do get tofu. We do get um, the soy riso that they have, um, soy curls and um, telling that to communities straightforward is letting them know, you know, oh, we have soy riso that's a swap for chorizo. Um, same with tofu. If you cook it up a certain way, turn into scrambled eggs instead of eggs. Um, just kind of giving those options there. Yeah, for me, I feel like I am speaking for just myself. I don't know what other organizers may have experienced, but I personally haven't experienced any pushback from people that we've uh, reached out with. I think they've been pretty uh, intrigued more so at the concept and just like very curious as to how. Um, and I just want to say right here, the versatility of the platano is unmatched. And that is always so my true. example when I, I think particularly it's more so with family, people have more personal relationships where the skepticism really comes in because of, you know, the meals being so meat centered. And I'm like, listen, you can have your rice, your beans and the platanos and boom, that's already, there you have it. Um, so it's it's definitely difficult sometimes to get past um, that skepticism. And I think that's also why I'm kind of where I'm at where with my journey. Like I'll be fully transparent. I myself am not vegan. I am trying my best to um, 
walk towards a more plant-based lifestyle, but sometimes it gets really difficult, um, you know, in a multi-generational household where, um, you know, certain things, your certain dietary choices aren't necessarily respected or fully understood. And you're trying to navigate that as I'm already mentally preparing for Thanksgiving and hoping there's a single piece of lettuce in sight. Um, and that's, you know, really difficult to navigate. Um, I, th I think as we begin to have more and more conversations about this and having concrete examples and sharing, um, like Daniela said, with having the different recipes. And I think sometimes people just need to try it for themselves and not have this kind of skepticism, because I think what also contributes to it is people having a very limited view as to what veganism is, what does a plant-based life look like? Because their main example, an exposure really might be something like PETA, and that is very limiting and not representative of our culture. Yeah, like it can be very like focused on like the mainstream culture and not more involved in our like Latin ethnicity. And I feel like there's a lot of experimentation and creativity that's happening too with like chefs who are experimenting. I know I'm originally from Miami. There's like vegan Cuban cuisine that's coming out. Um, and I want to have them on the podcast, which is really interesting. Um, and so there's definitely a lot of experimentation, which I think is super cool. I think a really great example of kind of the experimentation and exposure, there is this one Puerto Rican restaurant in Philly that is vegan. I will say their menu since I had last been there has shifted around a bit. So the dishes do not feel completely Caribbean anymore. But I had went there a few years back with my dad, who is Puerto Rican. And I think he may have been a little bit skeptical at first, but he's always open to try new things with me. And he absolutely loved it. He loved the experience, the vibe, the food. Um, so it just like, I've, that was just like a really great moment to kind of be able to share and experience this together and just to example, like, you know, this is our food. This is our culture and how easy it can be to be vegan and to make that as accessible as possible. So it's been really great to see a little bit more of that um, in a city and just like globally, how people are really trying to veganize these cultural dishes and show that it isn't that difficult. Totally. Yeah. And I think I wanted to go back to what we were talking about earlier in terms of sourcing um, and like the produce itself. So I was just curious, like, are there relationships with certain producers or farmers? Um, where does that produce come from? And like, how does that sort of engage in like the rest of the Veggie Mijas ecosystem and like conversation? I guess for a community fridge, um, we do do weekly stocks of it. Um, and majority of times we do go go to like the local groceries there. And then we do sometimes try to work with street vendors if they are available in the moment we're stocking to get some fruits and um, vegetables there. But um, also when we do our produce giveaways, we do partner with 40 Acres, which is um, a Chicago Southside um, Black-owned um, produce organization. So we like to get, um, they have great produce bag. But yeah, there's quite a good sum. You know, there are, there are a few community fridges that are in Philly. So time to time, we would try to stock them um, when we can. We do not have our own fridge like the Chicago chapter, um, but try to support the existing ones. So but a lot of times we would 
supply um, vegan items from V Marks to shop. Um, unfortunately, that shop um, just closed. Um, they are still doing some pop ups, but they were a go-to source, um, you know, for getting these vegan items to share with the community and help um, bridge that access because there may not be a lot of veganized options for other things um, at a lot of the grocery stores in the communities that we um, primarily serve and work with. Yeah. And like to that point, does the organization get involved at all with like government initiatives and like advocacy in that way? We haven't been as heavily involved um when it comes to um you know demands from demands from our, our local government we definitely try to uplift as much as possible what other organizations are doing um like there's this one organization and I'll probably send you know links afterwards so we get all of them there's one uh organization that is fighting for climate justice in um Chester is a city just outside of Philadelphia um and they are um you know definitely affected greatly by a lot of climate issues they're actively fighting against this incinerator there's so much trash from so many areas outside of chester not even just philadelphia is coming there and be incinerated and affecting the air quality there um so really trying to uplift the work that they're doing and other organizations in philly um we've kind of been taking this period to really um assess what our what our chapter mission is what our capacity is and building those um connections with the community building a network because we're so small um so it's like starting at the individual level of like you know education knowledge sharing what can i do actionably um as a person so we can continue to grow as a chapter within this collective so we can have more numbers to participate in this growing fight. I do want to collaborate with the different environmental organizations in the Philadelphia area more because it's always going to be strength in numbers and any way to uplift a work that is already being done. Um, I want us to be involved in that. So we're still very much in an earlier stages, but it's something that we do have an eye on and you know hope to contribute to more. Amazing. Thank you guys so much. Um, this was awesome. I feel like I learned a lot. Um, but thanks so much for taking the time. And I just really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for inviting us.